Hello, and welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle, and this is episode 19. If you're a new listener, we are excited to have you join us. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am an entrepreneur, mom to twin girls, and this is our sixth year of homeschooling. This podcast is not only for parents who homeschool their children, it is for all parents who want to supplement their children's education. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to tell other people about our podcast and subscribe. Today's African proverb is a Swahili proverb that says, a person who desires to rise must stay awake. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode comes from the country of Ghana, the language Chi. Akwaba. It means welcome. This is Cleverly Cultured Kids. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about college before, so today I want to ask you a few questions because you both told me that you were interested in going to college one day. So what grade are you currently in? Six. All right, so do you think you will want to go to college near home or in a different state? Probably near home. I kind of want to do it in a different state, but I don't know. So I went to college a long time ago. Do you have any questions for me about my college experience? How was it? So I liked college. I went to college in a different state for my family, and I went and I lived in the dorm, and I really liked it. I had a roommate and I went to my classes. So overall, it was a good experience that I think you both would enjoy. Um, what classes are, what, like, what classes are there to take? So different colleges will have different classes. The college that I went to, we took classes based on our major. There were some prerequisites that were required for all majors, like certain math classes, certain science classes, because those are really your core classes. But I was a English and a history major, so the classes that I took had to do with English and history. So I took a lot of classes about grammar, I took classes about creative writing, expository writing, English 101, English 102, just classes that all dealt with writing, grammar, 
English literature. I took several literature classes about classical literature and things that were related to um, related to English and literature. My history classes were primarily about European history, British history. I also, one of my favorite classes was History According to Hollywood. In that class, we watched movies and we discussed them. So we talked about how one of the movies actually changed history. They were a lot of war movies. I really like um, learning about World War One and World War Two and how the media would cover those particular subjects. Cool. That, that sounds very interesting. So when you get to college, you can take classes that are specifically interesting to you. I know that dad, he went to the same college that I went to and he took very different classes than I took. Now, some of the classes were the same, like world history and cultures, because that was one of the core classes. I also had to take chemistry and just different classes that were core classes. So those type of classes we could have taken together because he had to take core classes as well. The only class that I remember us taking together was actually a psychology class and it was called developmental psychology. Did you like the um, chemistry class? So I liked the chemistry class. Um, well, I did not like the chemistry class, to be honest with you. I think learning the, um, the periodic table is very cool, but putting the formulas together and some parts of it were confusing to me. And then when I had my final, because in college you take finals, it was a storm that day and it had, um, the class didn't have any lights oh. and I'm supposed to wear glasses and I couldn't see. And unfortunately I wasn't, um, I didn't raise my hand and say to the teacher, I couldn't see, I was just scared and I didn't speak up for myself. So I didn't do well in that class cause I could barely even read the questions. So because of that, I didn't take any more um, classes in chemistry. So I took different science classes that I enjoyed. Some of them were dealing more with philosophy because those are the type of things that interest me more. So I learned something about myself. Prior to taking that class though, I had wanted to be a biomedical engineer and deal with research and stuff because that was that's what I thought I wanted to do. And so because I had such a bad experience with that chemistry class, I changed my major to English and history because I felt like it would give me a good foundation to go into law or do something else. So. Um, cool. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, that's all, folks. Welcome to the Grown Folks section of the Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am your host, Elle. We have a co-host who is not on the uh, podcast today, and 
Um, that's Miriam. But today we have a guest with us, and our guest is Jewel Walwyn. And Jewel, I want you to introduce yourself because you bring a lot to the table, and I want people to kind of know a little bit about you and your background. Well, thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Um, my name, as you said, is Jewel Walwyn. I am a not only am I a mom of two daughters who are nine and 12, I have also been a, an educator as a college counselor for almost 20 years, which is so crazy to say. So I've seen kind of the whole change through the college application process. I've seen the rise in not just anxiety of families, but I've also seen how the process has started so much earlier to the point where a lot of the reasons why I decided to start homeschooling my daughters was because I'm thinking college readiness. Wow. So um, you just mentioned that you're a college counselor and an educator and that you're homeschooling your daughter. So this is your first semester homeschooling. Can you kind of share with us what is different now that you're um, homeschooling your kids? What is different? Sure, so I think part of what would be helpful is to kind of share a quick background um, that sort of started this journey in search for homeschool. Um, my daughters were at a private parochial school, and while it was very nurturing and supportive, I didn't know what I didn't know. And what I realized once my older daughter hit middle school was that there were a lot of gaps that were showing in her math. And um, the school just, um, just wasn't equipped to really help me pinpoint what that was to the point where I was wondering if um, she needed an IEP. I was wondering if it was, you know, I'm, 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 I was trying to, to just pinpoint what the, what the needs were. And finally, my husband and I got a private tutor that helped our daughter one-on-one. And we realized that, um, we, we realized that the, it, it just, that it wasn't a good fit and that, that we needed to really help to um, hone in on focus on what our daughter's um, math needs were because the foundation apparently hadn't been established a couple years back, um, even as early as probably I'd say fourth grade. So there was a lot of catch up and because of that, there was a lack of confidence and to really be able to put her in a school that we thought was ideal, we realized that we needed to kind of regroup. So this year we said, you know what, let's pull our kids out and, and, and relearn, not just math, but as we um, delved into the, you know, the whole process of homeschooling, we realized there was so much more to learning that we just weren't engaging and doing. We were literally dropping our kids off at school and picking them up and feeding them and kind of fussing them through math, through homework and then they were going to bed and we were doing the same thing and because of that we were missing out on our on participating in our kids education and they were missing out on learning because we weren't able to be a stopgap to realize when they weren't catching and understanding material um, so we started doing our homework last year and found that the best 
format for us was a tutorial program that helped us kind of merge homeschooling, um, support from other families, tutors to help to reinforce learning for them so that I wasn't kind of just jumping, you know, by myself into this world. And it's been absolutely amazing and wonderful. And I know that sounds super romantic, <laughs> but, and, it, and, I, and I don't mean it that way. I mean, we have days where like, I'm like, this is crazy. And we have papers all over the place. And what I thought was like a really cute corner. I've, I've got a homeschool room that we never use because they're like at this table in the kitchen. But the reality is we're all 100% engaged. You know, there isn't one thing that the girls aren't doing it in school that we're not fully aware of. And then what happens is um, things that we do as a family ends up becoming moments for learning mm. because now we all get it. So while I would say we are very busy and every day we've got something going on and it's, we're doing it together. And then because I am a college counselor and I have students who come who are home after school and that's when I have my meetings I also don't feel like I'm neglecting you know my kids because I've spent all morning and early afternoon with them so then in the afternoon they we all sort of get our pockets of time where I can still work they can work alone or play and um, I just feel like I'm just better able to have a, a, a grasp on everything in my life I, lo I love what you just brought up because I think um, two things happens when you homeschool. One of the things is that you really become intentional about what yes. your kids are learning. And yeah. I know that we all, you know, every parent wants their child to have a good education. But when you homeschool, it's not only a good education is the expectation, but an education where everybody can be engaged, where, you know, you're not looking for someone else to be the facilitator. You're able to um, kind of reinforce different lessons through everyday life. So the practical nature mm -hmm. of learning begins to come into play. So it makes it kind of seamless. Like homeschool kids aren't always sitting around like, when am I gonna use this? Because you're able to adapt the lessons that they've been learning to everyday life. Would you say that that's been the case for you and your girls? Absolutely. So my husband is in real estate development and they have a new construction right now. And um, they also, my daughter takes an engineering class. And so when they were talking about literally building buildings and how to get, I think they were using, they were folding paper and trying to get, you know, trying to find a way to, you know, to build this, this tallest, um, building. My husband's like, well, let's go to my building. Let's talk about it. Let's look at it because nothing's walled in. They're able to see the concrete, the steel and understand the process. So all of a sudden now this engineering class that she's taking becomes real life application. And, um, and, but not only that, next thing you know, they're spending time with their dad when they would typically be in school and he gets to share something about what he does that, you know, when he comes home, he's not always, you know, sitting around saying, let's talk about my building. So I love the fact that we are truly able to integrate that. And then the other thing is my husband loves music and, um, the other day we were able to kind of 
merge this conversation that talks initially talked about like black wall street and then like what's happening in society and current events and how does that play out through some of our music as, as artists try to talk about the challenges that our community is having and all of a sudden i'm like man this is a cool curriculum of music and history and yeah and that was just super organic yeah, that's that's amazing. I love that your girls were able to, you know, we talk about Montessori schools hands on and the fact that they're able to see those engineering concepts in play like in real life is invaluable. You know, not many kids get to see the foundation of a building. So that's amazing and awesome that they had that experience. What was kind of, can you kind of describe like the looks on their face, like maybe some questions they may have asked that, you know, kind of piqued their interest? Yeah, so um, let me think, as I like, because this is they went a few weeks ago. So um, for Addison, um, well, for both of them, they didn't realize that the building started with, um, you know, these, these, um, these huge, um, like steel beams in the ground that end up, that they end up taking out later. So, um, now they can walk through and actually use lingo. And I'm, I would never say it cause I would completely butcher it. <laughs> but, um, then, um, they were trying to, what they were doing that wasn't, as technical but they were really trying to get a feel for the layout and the space and they were saying wow you know to create a, a grand entryway when you have just open wall space it doesn't look it doesn't look so big you know it kind of looks like it, it the the building sort of bled out into the into the community into the neighborhood because nothing's walled in and so it doesn't look as it didn't look as big to them um i think that was you know just observations about Things that we take for granted when we see a building, we don't really get to connect and, and see it from the foundation. I, I don't know that I necessarily remember specific questions, but you know we have um, plans all over the house. And now if these, you know, they usually just roll them up and put them away because they're like, man, we got to clean up. But now they'll look at a plan and say, you know, is this the building you're working on? Is this the room we were in? And I think that's a really good layering of not, of, of saying like, Okay, now not only are they have they taken a look at a building in progress, but now they've looked at architectural plans, which is a whole nother realm. And from there we've been able to see maybe what kind of spark what sparks their interest. You know, my right. younger daughter is always interested in, in the money. Like how much is this costing? Well, you know, what's the material gonna be made out of? And Addison's more interested, our, our older daughter is more interested in trying to figure out, well, how is this building gonna serve the people that live in it so she's very much engaged with you know um does this format make does this layout make sense for people um well who's going to live here is it is it a family oriented building is it more for single people and so those that's the kind of layering i think that's happened those are the kind of questions so i i don't know that they have an engineer mindset but they definitely are interested in two very different things which wouldn't have come out when we were just dropping them off at 8 30 uh, late by the way <laughs> on the way to school well that's I mean that in and of itself is very amazing and I think you get to see another side of your kids when you're a part of that education process yes. so 
it's very commendable that you know you saw a need you um changed your plans and were able to ex execute it that is amazing and i love for our listeners to understand that you two are both working parents who are still able to homeschool. Because I think one of the questions that I get most often is, can I homeschool and still work? And you are one of the people who are absolutely, you know, working, doing your own business, and the dad is working you're both still facilitating your kids' education. And I think what I like to say, I'm not necessarily a teacher for my kids, but I'm their guide. I help yeah. them um, identify where to learn information. I'm not gonna give them everything because that's not, to me, that's not how education is. It's something that you give a little, you get a little, but you have to do the research. You have to find out how do I seek out that information. And it sounds like you're creating those processes for your children, which is awesome. No, it's been, so I have to say that, um, so my husband actually, and I don't know if you know this, he was homeschooled. He was homeschooled for two years, one in elementary school and the other, one of his high school years and he hated it um, <laughs> the, so i was i was really like going up a, a hill with this because he was opposed to it because of his own personal experiences and i would say that one thing is is the, the landscape of homeschooling has changed tremendously since he was homeschooled um there was, it was a book curriculum. I think it was a video. You put the video in, you sit there, you saw the paperwork and it could take you hours to do it. And he just spent all that time just staring in front of the TV, filling out papers and, you know, his mom would mail it off and the next set of papers and videos would come. And he was like, this is horrific. And, um, when we were talking about this, he was like, I can't do that to my kids. Is there another way? And it was just an absolute blessing how things unfolded. Um, I would say that, you know, as a working mom, as a mom who is social herself, as a mom who has social children, I needed a community. If, mm -hmm. if we were sitting in our house all day, every day, then, um, we would all shrivel up. Um, not only that, but I needed to be able to find pockets of time to, to work too, you know? And so the um, one, I, I didn't realize how many different types of homeschooling philosophies there were. And I would say, you know, if I could self-label, like we're definitely like an eclectic home yeah, we yeah. definitely like to well we, we were eclectic before homeschooling <laughs> right but, but now we get to label ourselves and be proud of it within the education realm and it has really helped us to you know kindergarten I kind of and, and someone you know I went to um, first of all I did my homework um I didn't just jump into this and because I felt like my, my, our greatest investment are our children. And even though I'm super whimsical and last minute and not a planner, I planned this like no one's business. Um, I asked questions. I came to your house. You know, I, I talked to other moms that I'd run into. I looked things up online. Um, and I, I, I found programs. Number one, I had no idea how many 
even businesses have things for homeschool people during the homeschool moms and kids during the day. Um, and because sometimes those aren't peak times for businesses, they'll give you like great discounts. Um, so even finding a swim team smack dab in the middle of the day was at this gym and it's because no one's using the gym. So they gave like all this discount on top of discount to make it, to make it work. And during that time, because they're swimming for two hours, I'm able to, to plug in some time. Sometimes I'm not able to do something physically myself for the girls. I mean, they have probably about 50% of what they do takes place outside of the home. Um, so I used to um, have someone come who I would pay to take the kids to things. Um, that helped me in terms of time, but I always in always ended up paying for it later because I then missed that educational opportunity. So I, I felt like I had to, there's just things I didn't know. So now I collaborate with other homeschool moms who don't miss a beat when it comes to like, whether it's going to the library with the girls and they're all doing work together. Some of those moms have the same, their kids have the same classes. So you, so engaging in the community who we all have, so many of the women that, that I interact with are entrepreneurs and have their own businesses. So sometimes I'll take the kids, sometimes they'll take the kids. And I mean, it's just been, a, it's, it's just been amazing how it's sort of unfolded to get support. That's, that's incredible. I think you, you brought up a lot of different things, but um, the next question kind of leads me to ask, okay. how has your view of homeschooling changed? You kind of touched on a few things, but what, was, what are like some uh, concrete things that you're like, man, this is really completely different than how I envisioned it before I was a homeschooler? So everyone warned me and said, don't overdo it. Don't plan too much. And... So I purposely didn't overload them with things, but I do have a couple of extra things on their agenda that I was like, oh, we can make it work. And the, the reality is we are very busy. I mean, super busy. Every day there's something going on. And I, I did underestimate that because the reality is you, you want to give them everything you're like what there's kayaking on Wednesdays let's go and they can do nature discovery and that takes care of health I mean I just I initially signed up for every field trip every everything and honestly they never skipped a beat with with the social life but there have been times that they've asked me that can we chill can we not have something <laughs> can we not have something to do which I never ever expected that um so that was unexpected um the other thing that was unexpected is still how social homeschool is you know i um i you know, also had warnings of like you know don't let people say that your kids won't get the socialization and it is so evident that my kids have more social activities going on than i do um <laughs> So I didn't, and, and then the last thing I didn't expect is um, the autonomy that your children have to have for homeschooling. Yeah. Um, my seventh grader has fallen right in line with that. She loves the autonomy. Um, I have loved to, I did not 
expect to see the growth that I've seen with them since school started in September. Um, she will organize her, her day and say, this is what I'm going to prioritize. And then I didn't know how much my fourth grader could actually take on. I was still treating her, you know, like a, like a baby to a degree. And no, she's writing her essays. She's, um, she's scheduling her own activities to make sure that all her assignments are getting done. So I, that, that I, I never would have anticipated with the start of, of homeschooling. Well, that, those are definitely great skills to learn that you need when you're an adult. So Absolutely. they're learning them right now so that they will be in the habit of being more self-sufficient when they're older. So that's, that's awesome. And I love that you brought up the so socialization because that is one of the largest critiques of homeschool. And it's like socialization, like most homeschoolers that I know are very social because their parents want them to be in a lot of different activities so that they are gaining a well-rounded education. So I love that, that you mentioned that as well. So um, I want to transition the conversation a little bit into your um, college counseling. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions about that. Uh, what, would what should parents start doing to prepare their child for higher education? That is a great question. And, um, you know, I think that one, one, you know, we are all busy and there's, you know, the idea of adding something else to our plate in the midst of, you know, helping our kids do their homework and, you know, managing their social life is that a lot of times by the time families think about the college process, they're probably a step or two behind the ideal schedule. Um, meaning that I actually work with eighth graders <laughs> and that's a perfect time because depending on the type of major that a student wants to go into, it can dictate the classes that you take even as a ninth grader. Um, a lot of times high schools have, high school requirements adhere to the state requirements, but if you're looking to apply to a school that's outside of your state, they may have different requirements. And I can't tell you how many families have said, oh, we wanna to apply to this school that's super competitive, it requires four years of language, but yet like the state of Maryland, for example, only requires two years of a foreign language. And so I think that um, starting out even as early as ninth grade, to identify, um, you know, what type of colleges are we looking at? Um, gets it can help you when you're navigating the whole the whole piece around how many credits you should be looking at. But I think even before then, I think you want to establish a foundation, sort of like we were talking about earlier, where your kids are where kids are equipped to be in college. And I think so many times, you know, we push families to say oh, we got into this college with kids, you know, I said we, but you know, the kid got into this or that college, but then they're not equipped. So I would say the best thing you could do for your child is to establish strong executive functioning skills, you know, which doesn't look like college readiness, but it absolutely is. So finding out the best ways to study, learning to manage your time, um, exploring careers, um, taking care of yourself. Those don't seem like direct college readiness things, but they really are. 
Hmm. That's definitely unique. Um, as far as taking care of yourself, I definitely, when I think back onto my college, those were very important. And now that you mention it, I would not have necessarily thought of it being a college ready skill, but you're absolutely right. So you kind of touched on it. Um, what are three tips you would give to parents who are homeschooling high schoolers? So you mentioned some of the things like executive functioning, a strong foundation, self-care, but what are, you know, like looking at the prerequisites for the school, what are three tips other than the ones that you just mentioned that can help someone get ready for? Like, is, should they start looking for scholarships? What are some tips that you would give them? So, um, so I've worked with homeschool families. Um, I do work with homeschool families, and I can tell you that not one school, homeschool, not one homeschooler's transcript has looked like the other, um, and that I think is amazing. I also have found that it's difficult for colleges to really gauge whether or not a student is going to be successful. And, I, and one of the biggest things I tell families is when you're applying to a college, you want to help to eliminate doubt in your application. You know, colleges are looking for reasons to accept you, but if there are hiccups or there are things that look kind of quirky or, or, or um, an anomaly to them, those are going to be those, those um, red flags. And so, um, and homes, you know, homeschoolers can take such a range and myriad of classes that don't necessarily have to follow the, the same guidelines that a student in, um, in, a, in a high school would, that can be challenging for the college to interpret. So what I would recommend is to start the conversation around college really early, if possibly even before, signing up for ninth grade classes. Um, getting a handle on a possible desired major, so whether that's taking an interest inventory or a skills tester to say, okay, so these are the, this is an inclination that you may have. You're strong in math, you're strong in science. Oh, you're interested in geology? Okay, let's think about how we, we can um, navigate that. And then I would start looking not just at um, potential colleges. I mean, some families know, well, we just want in-state. Or some say, oh, no, the sky's the limit. But I would say start to look at the curriculum requirements for colleges and align the choices that you make in high school with those, with those colleges. So it's, it takes a lot of forethought and planning. The other thing that's really cool is that college admissions counselors are not um, in some um, you know, castle off, you know, and, you know, the unreachable. They love to have conversations, even with ninth graders and 10th graders and their parents. As you say, okay, well, you know, we're thinking about taking this particular class. You know, colleges, you know, especially if it's like one that you're trying to, to, to attain, are really happy to have those conversations. Um, I do think that um, scholarship preparation is important. And what's really cool is that there are websites that middle schoolers can, can, um, can apply for college scholarships. And that for thinking about how to, how to be college, you know, how to, how to pay for college, 
you know, the luxury is that you can start out really early and, and do those applications. And then the other thing is homeschoolers have the privilege of doing something that I call proof in the pudding. And the daunting task for an application is always the essay. And a lot of times students are like, well, what am I going to write about? Um, I think I want to be a vet. But, you know, when I say, you know, have you had any veterinary experience, which sounds really weird to ask a 17-year-old. The thing is, 17-year-olds have had, could have the opportunity to intern or to shadow someone or to have a part-time job within the field that they think they're interested in. And I've even had kids, I had one student this summer who wanted, she thought she wanted to go into architecture. So I had her shadow an architectural firm. And after it was over, she was like, I hated it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, though, because she actually ended up writing an essay of, about how much she hated, you know, this one major. But in doing so, she tied in how she's a go-getter and that she's not afraid to take risks and that she was engaged. Like she knew she hated because she was asking questions at the table and she was, you know, even in the hiccups that high schoolers can face, there can still be a story. So I say, take advantage of being a homeschooler and shadow someone, you know, even part-time. You, you can structure your time because there's flexibility so that when you write your essay, you can say, hey, I want to be an, I want to be an engineer. I'm just going to use that because I go once a week to affirm and I do X, Y, and Z. And I think that's something that homeschoolers can take a lot of advantage of. Wow, that was some good information. You gave us more than three tips and we are gonna, list, <laughs> we are gonna list all those tips in the show notes. We're gonna okay. wrap this conversation up. I know that people will have a ton of questions for you. So can you tell them how they, um, they can get in touch with you if they wanna learn more, if, maybe you know they want to seek out your services and we definitely will leave this information in the show notes we also want to have you back because i have even more questions but i know for the sake of time we, <laughs> we are uh, we got to wrap this up so um, so can you tell us how we can get in touch with you Sure. So I'm on Instagram at Walwyn Ed Consulting. Um, I also have my own web website at walwyneducationalconsulting.com. That's super long. So I recommend choosing Instagram first. And I'm also Walwyn Ed Consulting on Facebook too. Okay. And remember everybody, if you go to the show notes page, which will be bit.ly slash uh, slash slash CCS podcast 19. This will be podcast number 19. So it is bit.ly CCS podcast 19. And you can view the show notes there. So thank you so much for the conversation. We learned for so much. Me. This was great. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you.